Welcome to Coming Out Evil. I'm Harley Honey. And I'm Mick Sedusa. Join our descent into villainy. Whoop whoop, Mick Sedusa and Harley Honey in the house. So excited. <laughs> woo woo woo. <laughs> so exciting. It's been so long. Yeah, we're back, baby. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about the comeback topic, too. Yes, oh my god. You want to let them know what we're going to get into today? Yeah, so we're talking about a concept as coined by Team Noir on YouTube, the perfect pussy complex. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. I'm so like, excited. <laughs> I'm always so excited to hear like how you react to the like research that I did. <laughs> I just I'm so ready I'm so excited to know things like and the perfect pussy complex like what like oh yeah. I'm gonna get into it they were in their bag with that right in their bag so yeah all the different ways we get to say it today too oh my gosh yes there there is a section in our notes that is just different ways to say pussy yeah like. love that for us Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just jump in. I feel like I say that every time, and that's such a stereotypical podcaster phrase. I didn't know. It just feels appropriate. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like to jump in. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so Jump into this pussy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're a menace. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so firstly, let's talk about reclaiming words like bitch and hoe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm curious your thoughts on like whether that's, I guess, moving us forward. And I'm not trying to be like leading, like, I'm genuinely just curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think it moves us forward, but I also don't think it has to. Mm-hmm. I think it's a healing thing, right? It's like, okay, these words have been thrown at us for forever. Right. And now we're going to reclaim them, we're going to use them. And maybe it doesn't lead us forward, but also, especially as Black femmes, like, not everything we do has to be in the name of revolution or in the name of progress. Like, right. sometimes we just need to do things just to heal and just to make it another day. So if that's what those words let us do, then, like, so be it, you know? Yeah. There's also that that I think you touch on that's really interesting is that, like, it's not like we've had salvation, right? And now we can focus on moving forward. Like, we're kind of still in survival mode mode as a community for sure like black femmes are definitely still in the thick of it so if we focused on everything moving us forward like how discontented of lives would we lead right that's so much pressure right exactly and like because the other big conversation this is around right is like the n-word right like that's been a whole thing for years of Mm -hmm. like black people like oh no i don't even like other black people saying it it doesn't move us forward or whatever and it's like but you are so focused on the one group of people who could be using it and not the people who made it a bad word to begin with right so it's like of anybody to focus your energy on like maybe call out the like racist people using it and the same thing for bitch and hoe maybe call out like the men using it derogatorily and not the people it's thrown at trying to make it work for them you know so yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense i think i totally agree like as much as it would be nice for us to be able to do a bunch of things to move us forward at the end of the day we also deserve just a joy in our lives you know do the words bitch and hoe like mean anything deep like no but also (laughs) like it doesn't matter 
I think right. you're right in saying it just it doesn't matter. It's fun. I love a little dose of bimbo nihilism. Like it doesn't matter, babe. Like yeah. whatever, you know? Like, <laughs> whatever. We need to coin bimbo nihilism as a philosophical like school of thought. Like I'm obsessed with that actually. <laughs> Wait, that I doubt has been said anywhere else. And so I think you just coined Ooh, that phrase. A historical moment. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Speaking on reclaiming things, quick segue. Sex worker fashion got really picked up by the masses. I want to talk about that a little bit. Oh yeah. Just to wet your palates a little bit. I am talking about how things like harnesses, things like leather, things like chains, like stuff like that is fashion inspired by like historical sex workers and their mainstream fashion trends now. But even still, when sex workers engage in those same trends, they get, you know, censored and villainized, right? Like I can speak from that piece personally, I cannot wear a harness on TikTok or I'll get flagged. Or even fishnets. Yeah, or fishnets, exactly. And it's incredibly frustrating. So that's what we're talking about right now is the co-opting of uh, fashion trends like that, that were like sourced by sex workers, by full service sex workers, by dancers in clubs, stuff like that. Ooh, the pleasers, don't even get me started, but. <laughs> oh, the pleasers. Yeah. Oh, wild. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, it's such a mainstream, th- like it's on Shein and shit for like eight mm-hmm. bucks. You too can look like a sex worker, fantasy babe. And also they talk too about like different artists and stuff leading into that, right? Like I think a lot of the conversation was like Cardi and Meg and a lot of those women. But I remember back in even like 2016, a professor talking about Beyonce and her sex worker fantasy and her songs Mm -hmm. like Six Inch Heels and like all sorts of things, right? So like that's been a thing for a minute, even before this era of wet ass pussy, right? Yes. And it's like, it feeds into this, you know, general perfect pussy complex theme because at the end of the day, sex workers, everybody wants to fuck like us. Everyone wants to hustle like us. Everyone wants to look like us. Because like we are the ideal, like the root of the, you know, concept of the perfect pussy. Like who has the perfect pussy? It's sex workers. We have the perfect pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Like if that's a thing, right, then that's where it comes from for sure. Yeah. Like that's the oldest profession for a reason. Like we out here perfecting it every single day. Yeah. Making it spin and shit. (laughs) Next thing. Do you think that in a reclamatory way that women can use men back? Can men be sexual objects? (laughs) I'm curious your thoughts. I just, if you can imagine the Marge looking away in shame means, that's me right now for the (laughs) listeners. Because I remember we were watching this video, right? And one, there's already criticism about it because it's like, but they're still getting what they want. So like, what's the Mm -hmm. point? Like you may call it a reclamatory thing, but nothing's really changed on there. So like, what's the point? But what's more interesting to me is the second point here where we were watching this and I felt my myself get angry at her criticism of this because like well i 
did that for years. Like, let people do what they want. Like, bleh, if that's how they heal, bleh. <laughs> but then I realized, why are you getting so defensive of this? Mm. And also, would you maybe have realized you're a lesbian if you're like, hey, why don't I want to treat men like humans? Yeah. Why do I want to treat them like sexual objects? If I had interrogated that for just a little bit longer, maybe I wouldn't be 26 realizing I'm a lesbian. And that's a lot to unpack. I'm like, wow, I really conned myself into this. And a lot of times it would lead to, like, really heinous things happening too, yeah. right? So, like, I was treating it as a reclamatory thing, but it caused harm. And it was sometimes a form of self-harm. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just using this man. So, like, what's the point? I'm not even enjoying it. I'm not even treating this person like a human. They're not treating me like a human. So, like, what's the point? Yeah. And maybe I could have had more fulfilling consensual sex. Like, I stole that from myself with that kind of thinking. And I think that's not talked about enough. Yeah, so. I think it's a difficult conversation because you don't want to come off, like, slut-shaming, right? I would never want to slut-shame another woman. Um, but I also would want to gently caution young sapphics who are using men as sexual objects, but, you know, love women very deeply and could never imagine treating a woman that way to investigate why. <laughs> don't look at me. Don't talk about it. It's fine. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> The video we watched, there was also a couple interesting, couple interesting phrases that she said. Like she calls the women doing this imitation men, Ooh. Ah, mm, mm. like acting like imitation men, and that actually did upset me. I didn't love that. Yeah, I think what she was trying to say was people replicating the patriarchy, mm-hmm. right? Like replicating these toxic systems at hand, and like it's the same criticism of feminism and like particularly white feminism where it's like oh you all want to be as powerful as white men right which is not actual collective liberation we want to be free across the board regardless of our skin or our gender or whatever right so like it shouldn't be uh, as powerful as blank right and that's kind of what I think she was trying to touch on but the imitation men I ain't like that at all and I do want to say so no one gets me fucked up because I'm not trying to get misunderstood I really enjoyed her video. I really enjoy the content that she makes in general. She does really good research and it was a really interesting like concept, like the perfect pussy complex, like that's so cool. But it's normal to not agree with every single thing a person says, as long as they're not, you know, disagreeing with your humanity, like disagreements amongst black women on the subject of phrasing like that's okay (laughs) yeah and i think especially too like the fact that imitation men's use so much with men saying like black said lesbians are like Mm -hmm. imitation men i think we should just throw away that concept in general like yeah i don't like it as a phrase and i do get like what she was trying to say and that you know like you said recreating these systems like it's not helping us move towards a goal of these quote like new humane sexual relationships and i was struck by that phrasing because like if our goal is humane sexual relationships then that means that's not where we're at now these relationships aren't humane like that really hit me because like i agree that this is not humane and we're all human beings like not treating each other in a humane fashion and that's wild actually yeah and we've talked about this as a perspective of like a sapphic person be they bi or be Mm -hmm. they a lesbian treating men as sexual objects as a way to cope and that hindering realizing what actually brings you joy Right. right but like straight women are doing this 
Like, straight women are doing this and talking about it and treating the only group of people they see as sexual as toys. So it's like, how are you ever going to get fulfilling sex if that's how you're moving entirely? Tea. You know, it's like, you're a straight woman and everybody you have sex with you're treating as a sexual toy and not as a human. And where's the liberation in that, babe? Like... There are cheaper, more fulfilling ways to do that with actual sex toys <laughs> that don't involve an actual human being. Like real. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Like you'd rather do that than even consider for a second that maybe men aren't for you. Like I don't know. That just you know. Yeah, just I don't just know. think about but, it for a moment. Examine it. Just interrogate. It. Just just really think about it long and hard for a minute. Yeah. Like if you're engaging in sexual encounters and your main goal of the encounter is sexual conquests, like is power. I think that that definitely like you need to interrogate that, babe. Right. Please, we're begging. Right. <laughs> another question for you love hitting you with these gender and sexuality expert throwing you the hardballs <laughs> i want to talk about pleasure-based sex i want to define it and i want to talk mm-hmm. about like how we can achieve that especially in this climate oh in this climate child <laughs> this climate baby oh so what do you think pleasure-based sex is well you know harley (laughs) i'm brought back to when we were talking about potential podcast topics right and we're like oh we should talk about like sexual experiences we had and i'm like yeah i've had sex with like over 100 people lol and you're like but assault doesn't count and i was like right that obviously but then i was like wait that means that number isn't correct Mm -hmm. and i had to go back and think about the conceptual pleasurable times i had sex and i thought of maybe three to five people right and that's alarming so it's really like that conversation was kind of a game changer i'm gonna sue my therapist who never made me literally about that but (laughs) so one pleasurable sex has to be consensual point blank Mm -hmm. period right no alcohol no drugs or there's a conversation before those things were exactly right none of it at no point did you say no and then got convinced there's no coercion there's none of that cancel doesn't count right so like consent and like i really hate people being like oh consent is sexy it's like no consent is mandatory it's dead ass just mandatory this is not cute like if there's not consent it's assault babe like that's a wrap so there's that but then on the more fun end of it what does pleasurable sex look like and i think it it looks like curiosity it looks like questions it looks like you know like experimenting it looks like collaboration you know like i think all of those things lead to like a really fun fucking time where you're like curious about what makes your partner feel good you're curious about what makes you feel good you're experimenting with yourself you're experimenting with other people yeah and just kind of like taking it at whatever pace feels good but really just leaning into the inquisitive nature of it all and leaning into the exploring it of it all yeah i like that word inquisitive i do think that sex should be very curious you know and i love learning new things about a partner like that's fun yeah absolutely and like that's how with being curious right like we know about things like the orgasm gap right like where what is it like only 11 percent of women or cishet women are having like orgasms Oof. with men and like this most Oof, of the time, that just you know, made me dizzy 
Yeah, and I'd have to double check those numbers, but the orgasm gap is real, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Because, like, especially these straight women out here, I feel for y'all, honey, that is too Literally. fucking much. But they're having these partners that aren't curious, who don't care, who are like, oh, I'm going to get off. I'm assuming you had a good time. I'm not even going to ask. I'm not even going to check in. And that's just not possible. Like, if you're with somebody and you're treating them as not only a sexual being, but as a human who has their own desires and needs outside of your own, you're going to have to ask some questions. You're going to have to check it. You're going to have to be a little tiny bit curious to make sure they're getting their shit met because you don't know. Like, let's stop pretending like we're mind readers. Let's stop pretending we're so good at sex. We don't ever have to ask anything because we can just feel it, right? Like, that's not true. Yeah. And I think we should normalize straight up asking for directions and instructions in the middle of things. Because why would you guess? Like, why would you just guess around someone's body? Especially if you're some man who, like, doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) Like, why would you not just ask? That always baffles me is that a guy will go at your, like, left lip for who knows how long. Like, you know you're lost. You must know that you're lost. my vietnam say something (laughs) ask for directions please literally and i think it's also interesting we're just talking shit about cishet men right now because like it's too much (laughs) it's too fucking much but there's like these two extremes of either oh i know pussy so good i know it so well like i'm a master of pussy and that may or may not be true like it's kind of Mm -hmm. irrelevant like there's that school of thought And then there's also, vaginas are just too complicated. Like, I just don't get it. It's too complicated. Like, they're too complicated. Their desires are too complicated, whatever. And it's like, there's literally, it's not. It's not. It's not that complicated. And you're also not some sort of god of pussy. Like, literally just humble yourself a little bit and, like, ask some questions. Like, it's not that serious. And, like, I remember that this was so ingrained in me to feel like my parts were complicated that, like, I can remember conversations I was having in middle school with my friends talking about how we were so jealous that, like, it was so easy for guys to get off. Like, none of us had even had sex yet. (laughs) And we were thinking about this. Like, it's horrible. Yeah. So now we know what pleasure-based sex is. We kind of have a general idea of how we achieve it, you know. We take our time, it's consensual, it's not orgasm-focused, you know. What is men's part in this? (laughs) Will they ever do that part? So my thing is, as somebody who has had a couple go-rounds, on the I'm a lesbian hell yeah to my partner just came out as a man pipeline and now I'm back to I'm a lesbian and I'm, I'm staying here like it's over it's it, like mm-hmm. I'm here forever <laughs> I'm so tired of considering men the only reason I care is because people I love are still with men right and like I care about mages marginalized genders and like femmes and like everybody like who are still having sex with men i want them to have pleasurable sex more than anything too i want them to not get assaulted so for me if i'm thinking personally i don't care i'm so tired of men having that power in my life to ruin my day and or assault me and or like not give me pleasurable Mm -hmm. sex right but in the larger conversation their role is to slow it down you know to realize the power dynamic here to realize like a, a stuttering yes or a no or a maybe I don't know like to realize like you have somebody in a vulnerable position and you can either replicate these cycles of harm or you can change it those are the two options here 
Yeah. And unless you're actively, like, checking for that and actively asking questions and actively, like, being intentional about that, more than likely you're replicating that. So you need to be really fucking careful. Just be careful. And that doesn't mean walk on eggshells. That doesn't mean, like, oh, I'm never going to touch another woman again. Like, literally ask. Literally just ask. You don't have to assume anything. You don't need some golden rule, like, this is how this works for every person ever. You'll never fuck it up if you follow this one rule. That's not true. Every person's different. So just ask, because then you'll never get it wrong so exactly whenever people ask me for advice on flirting one of the first things I suggest is literally asking for permission to flirt especially with like a stranger and this applies to like everyone honestly but I really wish men would pick this up you know (laughs) (laughs) it's just you can say like hey I saw you from over there I thought you were really cute are you open to chatting with a stranger like you can ask that and maybe they'll say yes and wouldn't that be lovely now you can flirt all you want you can have a whole conversation if you like and if they say no you know what you're out of there you're gone and no one had to be uncomfortable it's done no guessing nothing like i feel like you just gave me a cheat code right because like as somebody who's had all these horrible experiences with men i feel like i've internalized that i've been like oh i don't want to be that person to like the new queer women i'm going to be talking mm-hmm. to and like figuring that out right like i don't have a lot of good examples in my life but literally the same rule applies like just ask it is not that complicated and also the fact that so many men learn that like women play hard to get when they say no they want you to apply pressure and like look shut up stop because one literally mages at large and especially women are some of the most direct communicators i know like Mm -hmm. first of all and two if somebody is playing mind games with you or not being direct why do you want that in a partner anyway yeah so it's like why are you if they're already trying to manipulate you and you're trying to manipulate them back and you don't even know this person yet forget it like whatever don't do with it (laughs) so like yeah, that's pretty wacky. Literally, that like, is pretty wacky. Dating should be simple. It should be fun. I mean, it's not gonna always be easy, right? But it should be. You know where you stand in this person's life. You know what their intentions are. You know what your intentions are, and you'll already be able to communicate that clearly. And neither one of you are in the dark about that. So, like, let's keep it in that zone. Like, let's not make it more complicated than it is and lead to like assault and harassment because of it. Like, you know? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a lot of feelings about that. And they. <laughs> very good and interesting feelings. Thanks. <laughs> I also, from the video, picked up that they said this reclaiming of words like bitch and hoe and like using men back and all that kind of stuff. Like maybe it's not moving us forward, but it is fun. And also it makes men irritated sometimes. And that's not the goal, but it's a small reward. (laughs) Yeah, I think like anything where we get to reclaim some power back and men are like, oh, Mm -hmm. I am optional. Oh, I am disposable, Mm -hmm. actually. I need to step it up if I'm going to be in these people's lives. I love that. I love making them realize that we don't need them. So for your place to be in somebody's life, like, you need to step it up. You need to try. We love to see that. There was this commenter on TikTok recently who's like, my husband's next to me because I post thirst traps. We know this. And she was like, my husband's next to me. And I responded being like, good. He should feel some pressure to excel. Apply pressure on them. 
Like, because when I'm in a sapphic relationship, right? Like, this is the creme de la creme, right? Like, this is, the, <laughs> like, I could apply all the pressure and, like, you would rise to the occasion easily, easily. Like, <laughs> like it's so hard, I feel like, to top dating a femme. Yeah. So it's like, if someone is literally open to, like, both femmes and non-femmes and... <laughs> Like, they feel in competition. That is some stiff competition for a non-fem. Yeah. And they should be aware that they have stiff competition. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, honestly. Like, there's just nothing like it, you know? And I think we even talked about, like, especially being aromantic. Mm -hmm. Fems who are comfortable being alone. Oh, well, like, go ahead and, like, bring out your top guns. I don't even know why you girls bother at this point. (laughs) What competition? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So on that note, I want to talk about the title of this episode, The Perfect Pussy Complex. What's that mean? What are we talking about when we say that? Like, do people have a complex about their pussies? If you don't own one of those, yes. <laughs> like, if you didn't know, now you know. Right. Yes. Right. There is so much, there is a whole industry that exists for people to feel bad about their pussies. And I can imagine describing this and it like sounding fake. Like that's why I feel the need (laughs) to be like, this is real, I promise. Cause it's like absurd when you break it down. There's an industry dedicated to making us feel bad about how our vaginas look, taste, smell, just existing the way they fucking exist. Like it's wild to me. Yeah, honestly. And I think there's also like beyond all that, but then you get into like turfy bioessential mm-hmm. shit too. Like pussy can look like yeah. anything, right? Like pussy is spiritual, right? Like <laughs> like it does not matter what's going on. So like this can apply to anybody who calls like whatever they have pussy, yeah. right? And like it only gets harder when you add those bioessentialist elements too, right? So it's like the further away you are from what's deemed perfect pussy, whether that be odor or whether that be like physically what's there like it just gets even harder and like so much respect for people who are dealing with perfect pussy complex with bioessentialist elements right. too because that's i can't even imagine like my heart feels for you yeah so, wanted to put that in there because y'all not gonna <laughs> tell me pussies only look one way and i just want y'all to know that right, right now but <laughs> we love to see it but yeah i think that that's a good note to jump on to like this word and how it's connotated like pussy does not equal vagina right we know this so then what the fuck is it (laughs) like what is a pussy yeah because it's not just a vagina like there are so many things like i feel like every word for pussy like carries a different connotation (laughs) or rather every word for vagina like carries a different like added connotation and pussy just has like the heaviest ones like the way people talk about pussy rap about pussy sing about it like mm. yeah and like i also think it's interesting because i'm just remembering this but at one point i looked up what does vagina mean it means sword sheath in latin no. it means sword no. sheath the thing that a sword goes in. so this thing that wouldn't exist without swords right like so many layers to that so like i love this too because like for like whenever i was doing women and gender studies it was like i need a new word because fuck the word vagina like you know and like pussy's a popular go-to but it does come with like a lot of heavy connotation and like who's allowed to have one who has the best one who has the perfect yeah. one right like it's a lot 
And I think now would be good for just a short little segment where we go over other words for vagina that might be fun. Yeah! <laughs> Some that are a little less weighted than pussy. Like, have you considered vagine? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I also invite you to consider poussoir. I love poussoir, honestly. Like, that's fire. <laughs> There's also a classic, Pum Pum. Thank you, Jamaica, for that one. We appreciate you. (laughs) There's also some Creole options I want to throw in there for y'all as a Haitian person. Please consider Bobot. It's B-O-B-O-T. It's got a nice zing, I think. (laughs) And Coco. I also like that one. Yeah. I love that. He in love with that cocoa. It's already, like, exactly. it's a vibe. Like. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, you know what word I don't like? Or what phrase I don't like? Hmm. Female sexuality. <sighs> Doing research for this, that was everywhere. <laughs> It feels like people are like, ah, yes, the unicorn, the female sexual. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, it's just this, like, mythologizing mm-hmm. element. To like, it. we went from not respecting women to, like, almost going too far in, like, deifying like body parts and like deifying being like a female like the this might be an unpopular opinion but like the divine feminine like what is that what does that mean you know like why it feels like it can get a little turfy i'm not saying it always is but who came up with that exactly so i know a little bit about this actually Ooh, Papa. So basically, the divine feminine was invented as a concept. I don't really know by who or if it was like a, a larger movement, but in response to like religious patriarchy, right? So you've got God, the Christian God, being called God the Father, God the Son, he, he, mm-hmm. he, 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 right? And you have a lot of clergy, and especially in like Catholicism that are all men, that gets carried over even in like Protestant divisions of Christianity and like so many religions where patriarchy is just the norm. And that even gets reflected in their deities and in like the creation story of like a man existed first and then he gave his rib and now we have women you're welcome right like so the divine feminine was like well there's plenty of things that are feminine that are divine too right and like trying to balance that patriarchy not only on this plane in this world in this country but like spiritually and in the divine realm too (laughs) which almost makes sense like we need to take like the patriarchy religion all of it like that's a lot right but also if the divine is so much more than what we can even fathom like right like there's literally a bible verse that like we see a shadow of a glimpse of like god's power right so it's like we don't even understand what we're talking about so like how are you gonna apply like oppressive systems on earth to divinity and then how are you gonna apply like understandings of gender to divinity yeah right? like, it just doesn't make sense so you know like i think the only thing that i've seen that kind of makes sense is like whatever because i grew up christian and i grew up with this presbyterian church for a while and like one lady was like really big on people not using he pronoun for god and also being like there are people who have really bad relationships with their fathers and really bad relationships with men they deserve to have like access to a god that isn't triggering for them so like use different pronouns say creator like you know like at 
the very least, we could be neutral in the way we talk about right. this. Because we just don't know. But yeah, Divine Feminine was very much like a reactive thing to that. And now it's gone to this weird, like, womb, W-O-M-B, woman. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, bioessentialist, like, turfy place of like, oh, I'm divine because of my vagine and because of my uterus and because I can do all these things. But like, what's that mean for women who can't do that? Yeah. Like, you know, so it's just like, I don't know. I, I think we can we can do better. You know? can. Also, while we're on the topic of these like spiritual things getting a little bit away from where they started, soul ties. Cancel. Ooh, that really got away Cancel. from itself. <laughs> it really got away from itself because oh, it seems that people now believe that just any kind of intimacy like sex just causes one, just causes a soul tie. Like as if neither party needs to consent to that happening or be aware that it's going on. Like consent is part of that original concept, you know? And so this idea that you can just have sex, it's like, I remember it jumped from Um, oh, sex on your period is a soul tie. So now just sex is a soul tie. We need to stop. And it's also so ahistorical. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Mama Rue, right? Like, she's one of my, whenever I was, like, exploring my own religion more and, like, figuring that out, she's got in this amazing podcast if you're exploring that. And she explained specifically in hoodoo tradition how the period magic stuff even worked and why, right? Like, like there's so many memes and jokes about it now, which is just mad disrespectful, mad weird, mad non-consensual, mm-hmm. right? But also, like, that stuff, was used as a form of protection. It was to like, when white women would try to seduce black men in the community, they would use these things to like, keep them from strength, try to keep their family together and not get separated. Like, so it's just like, there was something there and it was used as like a measure of last resort protection in the times of chattel slavery. Like, shut up, leave that shit alone. Like, stop, we're not there anymore. (laughs) There's also the like, kind of similar use to like get a master or like plantation owner to be sweeter or to like Mm -hmm. be sweet on you that's why like i prefer to call them sweetening spells because that's really what they were at the beginning is like it's not that they are meant to instantaneously make someone fall in love with you like they are the original ones were designed to sweeten someone to you and that doesn't need to be love like because that that also kind of i think gets away from what love is because is love not inherently consensual you know (laughs) hmm. it's just wild so people talking about this as if it just happens without effort yeah and then two that it happens without consent weirder like Mm -hmm. you know just it's like y'all don't even know the history of these things like please at least like go listen to some elders first and even like you know we've had conversations too because hoodoo is removed from a lot of its original sources and like you know so like talking to people from those original traditions and not just like reading blogs on it from people descended from slavery here because we are kind of far removed from it and we're not getting great info all the time so like let's interrogate that like let's dig a little deeper you know so dig a little deeper hopefully that was a short enough snippet No, yeah, I do think that we need to interrogate these things, like the real roots of these traditions, you know, because we don't want to be just willy-nilly distorting them. Like, if you really truly believe in these things, like, that's literally dangerous. 
Yeah. And also, like, I think that leaves you also in a vulnerable position and, like, has you feeling powerless in some ways, too, right? When it, in reality, like, if you wanted to get into the nitty-gritty of it, what you're probably experiencing is the after effects of oxytocin. Yeah. Like, you have power over it. You know, you're not so powerless that you're losing a piece of your soul to this person just because they had sex with you. Like, you're not losing agency in this in such a major fucked up way. Like, let's just talk about what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the things you do have control over and the power you have over it and like how you can protect yourself and create boundaries so you don't feel like you're literally losing your soul when you're having sex like girl yeah (laughs) like like, saying they're taking a piece of you with them bestie like i don't even know most of their names like i don't think that's true (laughs) there'd be no part of me left if anyone who's ever had sexual (laughs) contact with me consensual or otherwise took a little bit of my soul well i i have none left that is is a wrap simply pass away Truly. I want to end this segment with a partial quote from this book, Tomorrow Sex Will Be Good Again by Catherine Angel. So I'm saying partial quote because I actually start to disagree with her towards the end of the quote. (laughs) So we're going to ignore that bit. But if you're curious, go read a book. I encourage it. (laughs) Go read a book. (laughs) Like if you're sitting there like, dang, I wonder. (laughs) Go read a book. <laughs> yeah, and I am I am not trying to shame you if you struggle to read. I only read like partial sections of these books when I research for these episodes. But yeah, if you're really curious, then go check out the book. So all sexual desire emerges in a culture, which in turn shapes it. Sexuality is lived, learnt, developed over time in particular contexts. End quote. And like I think it's just interesting to place sex like in the context that it's happening in in the climate as we have said before you know because this climate is rough yeah honestly and like i think like my mom was a horrible person putting that out tea but sometimes a broken clock is right twice (laughs) right so like she at one point had warned me about having sex with men in particular and like because she was like you deserve to know your own body and what you like without the influence of these other people like telling you what you like and pushing those things right and like especially as an impressionable teenager with like abusive parents and like seeking affection that hit Mm -hmm. right because i'm like yeah i still ended up doing it a lot right but like i think yeah i think it is like really important that you shape those contexts for yourself like you have a lot of control over it by experimenting with yourself and like learning those things about yourself before even introducing people into the mix so that way you have that already established before other people's like expectations and like interests like apply any pressure situation that doesn't feel good yeah if you're a younger viewer who found this podcast somehow even though it's rated explicit it is educational (laughs) so i'm not super pressed that you're here so heed this warning from two elder queers to you (laughs) please be careful with these boys Honestly, yeah, these boys in particular for sure. But honestly, red flags can exist in any gender. And that is something I wish I had learned earlier too. Like consent, mandatory. Questions are a green flag. Like ask yourself questions. And then if you are going to explore, you should be doing it with people who are asking you questions. Like if you take anything away from this, like please get curious with yourself and get with people that are curious about you. Yeah. The next thing I have here, the next section we have is... Someone's read ahead in the notes. (laughs) Is 
vaginal repulsion. This is fun. This is a fun conversational topic. <laughs> but it's so tied in with this perfect pussy complex. Like we have to talk about this industry that I've been referring to that is designed to make us repulsed by our smell, the aesthetic, the elasticity, the fluids, like cleanliness in general it's wacky but i have the the first option here or the first bullet point here i want you to speak on because you're who knew about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah funny <laughs> so so tell the people what you know <laughs> yeah so basically karen steffens who's a very famous sex worker she wrote a book a memoir and in it she has a list of celebrities that she talks about their penis sizes which we could talk about the consent in that that's kind of mm-hmm. weird but what's even weirder to me in this and this list of penis sizes of all these men and i mean like as somebody who is very misandrist it is kind of funny like the review she leaves on some of these <laughs> men but randomly missy elliott is in there and what's weirder is that she said she kind of smells. And I know, for all them men you fucking, those ball sacks were not mm-hmm. hidden. Like, I know that shit was smelling like vinegar. Like, shut <laughs> oh, up. Like, God. <laughs> get out of here. So, like, one, why is Missy Elliott on this list? Was this just a flex to, like... Be like, hee hee, I fucked Missy Elliott. Yeah, like, were you trying to turn on men? Like, what was happening here? Like, it was just a weird thing. And, like, I've really appreciated... Because she's also who introduced me to the idea of, like, ho as a political term, right? And, like, talking about that and how our stories of being, like, hoes and, like, sexual liberation, like, affect our politics, right? Like, that hit with me so hard as a young, like, woman and gender studies major, right? But, like, then she did that! I was like, ma'am... Hello? Like, <laughs> Missy Elliott knows? Yeah. Are you kidding? Like, mad disrespect. Don't make a lick of sense. Mm-mm. Okay, so that's the smell category. What about the aesthetic category? What does the perfect yeah. pussy look like? It's got to be odorless, maybe even floral. We know that. <laughs> and what what does it look like? It's pink. Which, there's a race element there. It like, sure <laughs> It does have a racial element there. Which, oh, buddy. Because like, everyone's pink on the inside. I do want to establish that so no one's confused. Everybody is pink on the inside because that's how bodies work. But on the outside, not everybody is pink because people are different colors. Right. So yeah, melanated people, like, leave her alone. But yeah, and then you got things like the fucking vaginal lips not being too mm-hmm. long. And like, you have memes of like roast beef sandwiches making fun of pussies. And like, there's so many things pussies get criticized yeah. for. I'm like, you're telling me we're looking at this under a microscope, but not scrotum? Ooh. But I, yeah, in my day, I have experienced many, like, a not okay Ooh. penis. And it's just like... <laughs> why y'all are really like coming for pussies like it's like unreal like it's just so unreal how much they're putting in our microscope yeah get out of here truly wacky so it's got to be all taut and pink nothing can be too long can't have too many flaps but it's also got to be fat pussy it's also got to be like yeah (laughs) so there's all these aesthetic requirements and then on top of all of this elasticity it's got to be tight And they hold so many misconceptions on, like, what causes changes in elasticity. Oh my god, and it's really wild, because, like, there'll be guys, you know, borderline assaulting you and being like, oh, you're so tight. It's like, yeah, because I'm not comfortable, bud. That, yeah, no, no, like... 
You know, like, y'all are really so convinced that, like, it, they're like, oh, I'm doing something right. It's so tight. And it's like, but no. Yeah, just because it's no, pleasant like, for you doesn't mean it's pleasant for me. Yeah. It's like a pussy should be relaxed. And also, like, if it can fit a whole baby head and shoulders and a whole body through there, like, you are not permanently altering this pussy. Yeah, like, no. please. But that's how relaxed it can get. And also how tight it can get. Like, it's really incredible. So, like, honor that. Let it get relaxed. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, have you considered... <laughs> And I think they get confused because people talk about, well, let's clarify this for any people in the audience who need some <laughs> clarification. When people say they like like getting stretched out, let's because people say that a lot. They don't literally mean from being completely tight and unaroused to just getting raw dogs like that. That is not what people mean when they say that. They mean like it's already relaxed and stretching and relaxing further that's what they mean like if y'all want to see me take a dick like get me relaxed (laughs) like because i could like i can go i can go toe-to-toe with the biggest (laughs) of them right but I gotta be relaxed I cannot first. relate. Like, but also, I have a problem with <laughs> relaxing, so... Well, there's that, too. We're gonna get some anti-anxiety meds. You <laughs> can take a go at... Maybe once I get my blood pressure lower, but... <laughs> Losing it. Like, baby, once my blood pressure's under control, just you. Oh, baby, once I get that number under 120, I'm gonna take that dick so good! <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, elasticity. Oh, wait, before we move from this, people who think that people are, like, damaged after having children. Like, the shit can't bounce back. Hello? It's unreal to me. Oh, this is an interesting thing, too. So, that misconception of people being looser, people who are assigned female Mm -hmm. birth, right? Like, they're skeletons. The ilium... The pelvic Mm -hmm. bone is in two pieces versus somebody who's assigned male at birth. And I don't love these terms, right? But they're in two pieces. So when they give birth, the pelvis can open wide for the baby to come out. And so then that's so whenever people develop hips after giving birth, that's why is because those pelvis bones are now set out further. And so that also affects how tight like vaginas can be because now that's set out further. So it's like, it's not that deep. Like it's, it's literally like, this person pushed the baby out and now their bones are permanently altered. Like, leave those literally alone. like leave those people alone. Stop it. Yeah. And like, I am guilty of being concerned about elasticity. Like the anxiety kegels that I'm up to constantly. Not yeah. okay. Like not the bomb.com. It's really hard because like you hear all that shit and you're like but I still want to be seen as sexually attractive and pregnant women aren't seen that way. So like help. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Then we get into the fluids, the fluids. Oh my gosh. So people want you to be soaking wet. They want wet ass pussy. Gushy, gushy. Yeah. Like. But no <laughs> discharge though. And also periods are gross. Right. Like, what do you want from us? Just water. Rose water coming out of there. Oh, I see I have a Facebook reel linked here. Um, this is a video of a woman holding half a strawberry and its captions, Yoni dryness is annoying. Yeah, and it's like an increase your natural moisture ad. Like it's like a supplement for like dryness. And that's the thing is that people are naturally like different levels of 
dry and wet or whatever in sexual contexts like arguably that's not even something to be fixed with supplements like use lube yeah also the fact that the term yoni mm. like was dead ass like taken from hinduism and that's been so co-opted and like appropriated like there's yeah. that but also like the yoni steams the yoni eggs all of that like all leading into all of these things like it like will get you back to being wet it'll lead to like a reduction in discharges also healthy pussies make discharge that it's really fucking wild to see like how many people are out here saying like showing off panties being like I don't get any discharge if you have discharge you're like eating an unhealthy diet like you need to detox your yeah, body like, and what? shit. There's literally hotep men out here who believe that periods like prove how unhealthy or unclean that they're like oh if you had the right diet you wouldn't be menstruating you wouldn't be discharging blood it's like babe that person is like mineral deficient yeah that's not healthy yeah that's not normal like that requires medical attention literally and then the quote-unquote feminine hygiene market as if the shit is not self-cleaning oh my god just aisles yeah and also how she phrased it in the video where it's like it's already this marketing thing like oh you're not clean here's the aisle to get right right like letting you know that you're already in the wrong Mm-hmm. for having these parts like you need to clean that shit up immediately like where's the fucking penis hygiene aisle like the, the fucking like masculine hygiene aisle or whatever you know like it's fucking a halitosis all over again <laughs> just use soap and water on the outside okay yeah okay if there's hair there soap and water but like anywhere yeah. that's not hair just water just to clarify because like don't fuck up your ph <laughs> oh hair we didn't touch on oh hair my God. when we talked about aesthetics right. oh my gosh and it's gotta be bald which people i know have talked about this but there's a pedophilic element to that like point blank period mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you want a hairless adult interrogate yeah that's that. weird interrogate that's weird. that like no yeah. It, it just also is like not comfy like let's just get into the logistics of it too like unless it's like freshly shaven if it's even two hours out or the next day that shit starts getting prickly like it doesn't even make logistical sense for a long term yeah thing. So it's just like why like it's literally just hair and like people who make a big produ- i used to have oh my god this ex who would like shut down everything they'd be eating me out and be like can i actually shave it and like i was like really like yeah i had a very similar like negative experience though it was honestly assaults mostly but it started with them being like i'm going to shave this for you and i think that's a red flag i think if someone's like i'm not gonna eat you out unless i shave you then like run away actually like if i had known that i feel like that would have saved me yeah a bad experience that ex of mine was abusive so like i think that traps honestly like yeah like i can't even have control over my pussy hair yeah like shit also i think this is a good point to let you know that we're gonna get into like we talk about triggering topics like throughout this episode but we're going to get into some particularly triggering territory Mm -hmm. so if you gotta go go with peace have a nice have a nice rest of your day see you later even if you need to pause it pause it and come back take a little nap do some like drink some water like you know you can like take it at your own pace if you need to go go if you need to take it slow take it slow like if you need to do some like self-care during it or after like do that you know so you have you have a full range of options there like don't feel like you have to you know do any one thing in particular yeah so we're gonna talk about how sexual arousal is 
not a good indicator of sexual desire. Oh, no. And if you're curious about the sciencey science <laughs> behind that, there is an article titled exactly like that. Mm-hmm. So you can go ahead and Google that and you can find all the studies about it. Okay. Sexual arousal is not a good indicator of sexual desire. So sexual arousal, like scientifically, is just your body's response to things. It's your body doing things, right? Like your body making you wet or like elevating your heart rate, like giving you a rush of adrenaline, like stuff like that. Like that's all sexual arousal. But that doesn't mean that you want what's happening necessarily. There are lots of cases where like people are quote unquote like aroused like physiologically during instances of assault. And like I've experienced this personally and it's not an indicator of you wanting the thing, right? It's just kind of an evolutionary leftover because animals like female because like difficult words (laughs) yeah female animals need to be able to essentially get fucked even if they don't consent to it for you know the developing the genes of a species blah 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 and so we're no different our bodies work like in the same way and that really messes up cases and like people trying to get justice you know for people assaulting them because it happens a lot that people will argue like oh but she liked it oh she came or like we'll say things like that as like to say oh it wasn't assault because like their body was responding to me in all the ways that I was expecting it to and like there's the concepts of like fear arousal also and like arousal misattribution like it's all very complicated and if you like are someone who's experienced that like I hope you can like understand that like that's not your fault and it's not an indicator of you like being an imposter or anything like that was still an assault just so you know so as somebody who's been assaulted a lot somebody who's been in women and gender studies somebody who wanted to do women and gender studies to go into sex education particular it wasn't until last week when harley had to like look me in the face and be like just because you're aroused that doesn't count right because i was like going through instances trying to figure out what was assault what was actual sex and like there was confusion for me because i was like well it started with me saying no but i ended up enjoying it and they're like, but you said no, right? Like that was coercion. And like, and I, yeah. I really like, if there was somebody telling me they got assaulted, but it like was conflicting because it felt good. I'm like, babe, that's still assault. Oh my God. But it took me saying it out loud to realize like I carried those feelings still of like shame, of like guilt, of feeling like, oh, it wasn't technically assault for me because I ended up enjoying it. But that's not how that works at all. And like, And also, I think for somebody who got assaulted very young, right? Like I was like 12, 13 when these things were happening. It was the first time parts of my body were being touched. Like that's overwhelming for anybody. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's the first time your body's even figuring out how to process this info, you know? So like, I think as somebody who just realized this like last week, I promise you, please take that assault seriously, you know? Like, and it's okay to have conflicting feelings on abusers or assaulters and everything. Like that is going to happen and that is okay it doesn't make your trauma any less valid it doesn't make you like some sort of you know imposter you're a human and things are really complicated and really messy and that's okay so yeah in fact which show was it that we were watching together because this can also cause like physiological arousal at the memory of abuse or the memory of an abuser Tuka and birdie 
Yeah, Tuca and Brady, can you talk about that? Because I don't remember it yeah, clearly. Yeah, so basically, also, I don't fuck with Tiffany Haddish anymore, but at one point, Tuca and Birdie was a very mm-hmm. close show to my heart because of the things it would touch, right? So at one point, Birdie, one of the main characters, gets sexually harassed by her boss. He was just very domineering, like, was coming up behind her to, like, show her how to do things non-consensually, right? And then she found herself later, like, having sex dreams about it. And she, like, was freaking out because she's like, no, fuck this guy. Like, what? Like, what is wrong with me? And, like, there's a poem I have somewhere where I was like, wow, like, I really relate to Birdie having these, like, complicated, shameful feelings about assaulters and abusers. Like, there's abusers that I find myself missing. There's sometimes where I'll, like, be in my zone, you know, in my bag, and then I'll find myself fantasizing about something. I'm like, ah, whoa, no! Like, you know, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, I don't know, you know, like realizing that's how many instances were actually happening and not actual sex. Like that's what my body now responds to sometimes. And that is a lot yeah. to unpack that I will find with a therapist who actually covers real topics. But like... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's fear arousal. It's arousal misattribution, which also kind of causes CNC kinks. I hate to break it to y'all. And this is coming from someone who has one. That shit ain't normal. that's because something happened to you and that you're experiencing arousal misattribution and that's just you know your brain's rewired now and i'm very much in the camp of like my brain is already rewired might as well make it a good thing for myself you know because it's completely changed like neurologically like what you are considering to be like desirable and there's just nothing you can really do to change that except be aware and to unpack you know and to engage with like partners who are safe to do that with and I also this might be unpopular but I really would not engage with someone who had that kink like on their own like not as a response to you like there's a difference between like if you start dating someone and you're like hey I'm like interested in this thing you feel safe to do that kind of thing with like can we do this and they respond like saying oh like yeah because they care about you and like want to help in that way with your coping that's fine but if you meet someone and they're like already into it yeah that's a little bit odd that's a little bit get away from there you know what i mean there's a lot of dangerous people out here using kinks and people who are healing from these things as ways to perpetrate Mm -hmm. more harm or to like disguise these things and being like oh don't kink shame me because just because i'm into like doing this it's like there's people who at real life experience these things that are trying to heal from it and you who just has the desire to is trying to find a way to like make that okay like into yeah like deeply (laughs) and honestly you want a partner who's maybe even like a little hesitant who wants to have conversations about that like who is who is going to be very careful who's like okay like I just want to make sure that this is what you want like you want them checking in so much it's a little bit annoying like that's what you're looking for okay (laughs) it's a CNC like right like a consensual non-consent thing but there's like different paradigms of it right like under the larger paradigm you're consenting to it so like you all talk about what that looks like and you talk about what words mean keep going and what words mean stop right so like maybe when you're role playing Mm -hmm. you're saying things like no stop whatever but then your safe word is like red light right so like you differentiate which paradigm you're working in right because like the larger context is you're consenting at every point of this so like at no point should that be a question right like really like sit down and figure out where those lines are and what words mean what and like all of that if you're going to engage in that 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Arousal misattribution. She's a bitch. She really is. She really really is. changed my life when you pointed that out to me. I was like, huh, I've been carrying around this shame of feeling like it didn't count because my little 13-year-old body was experiencing these things for the first time and was confused about it. Like, oh. Yeah, that is not the same as desire because what were you even desiring? You didn't know what was going on. What kind of sexual desire is happening in the library elevator? I don't know. If you know this refers to you, fuck you, guy. But like... (laughs) Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) It's on site. Don't let me catch you alone in the streets. But all in all, if you're feeling these feelings that we're describing, just know that it's also like intrusive, right? So if you experience intrusive thoughts, like this is a category of intrusive thought you might experience, and that is literally not under your control. And if that makes you uncomfortable, I recommend shaking your head like an Etch-A-Sketch. Love a good Etch-A-Sketch, bitch. It's... (laughs) Yes, it's a great move. Highly recommend. She works like a charm just to kind of like reset yourself if the thoughts coming on are uncomfortable. Yeah. But don't feel bad about how your body yeah. feels. Yeah, and there's honestly no wrong way to heal from this. Like you like figuring out what gets you through the next day, like when you experience these things, and especially what's compounded, look at you go, babe. Like you're doing the damn thing. Like that's incredible. And also, like, you can lean into it, you can explore it, you can also replace those experiences with new things and figure out what else might turn you on and, like, start maybe rewiring your brain a little bit at a time, right? Or, like, even if it's not rewiring your brain, like, maybe those desires still exist, but you're like, but these other things exist too and I don't feel, like, the same shame around it, right? So it lets me feel freer and more liberated and, like, be more in touch with that because I'm not, like second-guessing myself in the moment right so like yeah and like there's ways to navigate all this like we actually just did a play party for my birthday in may and like there were so many forums like i made forums i had video (laughs) interviews with people but like with a lot of intention we were able to like get a really cute time and like have a fun time and everybody knew what was what what words meant what like what protective gear was available like all of it you know so at no point were we questioning somebody was like into it you know so yeah also y'all should tweet at us if you think that mixedusa should plan more Honestly, yes, I would love to play more play parties. It was so cute. Wow. On that note, I think that's a good place to end because we got heavy and we brought it back up. So let's keep it there. (laughs) Tweet at us at Coming Out Evil on Twitter. Let us know like what kind of play party you'd be into or like what you would like to see in like spaces and like how do we navigate these things together? What feels good? You know, like let's do it. Let's get into it. Yeah, I'm so excited at the prospect of people tweeting at us also. I would love to start interacting with like listeners and stuff and like getting to know what you all think on different episodes or like getting to know your thoughts and opinions and doing polls and stuff. Like I'm just so excited. Let's get to know each other. Yeah. And if you want to find all of our links, you can do that either on all my links or on our website, allmylinks.com slash coming out evil or our website, which is I think you know it. It's bit.ly dot com slash coming out evil yeah and it'll also probably be clickable in whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast oh my god and we got a big celebration thing today how exciting yes it's our 10th episode wow double digits yeah we made it (laughs) Whew. I can't believe we've been doing this for almost three months at this point. Yeah, we've been at it. And y'all have been really supportive. It's been amazing. We are so appreciative. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome. It's been an awesome time. We've had so many 
streams, like I am blown away by like almost 500 downloads. Like what? Yeah. Ah! For our first ever podcast, like yeah, two bitches who ain't never done this before, never <laughs> audio edited nothing before. Like we did the damn thing. Like that's incredible, and it's because of you all. Like you all really showed up, and like my heart is so warm and so happy that y'all want to hear us talk about things. Yeah, like, you really listen to us talk while you do stuff around your house and make paintings and. <laughs> that's so cool i love hearing what people do while they like listen to the podcast i'm like wow there's like all these numbers are like real people with real lives and we're like yeah be a part of that like yeah that's everything to me so thank you all like this is everything i could have hoped for i love doing this podcast and i can't wait to do more like what an exciting little benchmark we've reached yeah and please also feel free to tweet at us what you do while you're listening to the podcast we're so yes. curious <laughs> are y'all fucking to the podcast let us know yeah <laughs> is the podcast playing during woohoo time please do tell <laughs> i love that <laughs> music by audionautics.com